the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, November the 5th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on November 5, 2017, a gunman opened fire in a small South Texas church. He killed more than two dozen people. The shooter was Devin Patrick Kelly. He was found dead later in his vehicle down the highway a ways. What had happened was a couple of guys were sitting out on their porch in a little house across the road from the church, and they um, realized what was going on there, so they grabbed their gun, got in their car, and went after this guy as he fled. And uh, they later found that in the autopsy that the uh, two men had been shooting at the guy, and they had hit him uh, with a one of their shots, but the guy actually died, this uh, Devin Patrick Kelly, he died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. But uh, more than two dozen people were killed in that little church on that Sunday morning. Today in 1605, the gunpowder plot failed. A guy named Guy Fox, not F-O-X, but F-A-W-K-E-S, he was seized before he could blow up the English Parliament. In fact, one of his friends who was in on the deal turned on him at the last minute and alerted the English Parliament what he was going to do. He's going to blow up the whole building. And uh, they were able to seize him before he was able to do it. So each year, and today they are doing that in England, each year England celebrates Guy Fawkes Day. That is today, each year. And they remember that they almost got blown up. Maybe that's a good thing to remember. I don't know. Today in 1872, Susan B. Anthony, she tried to vote, and she was um, arrested and fined, but she never paid the $100 fine. She was a suffragist. Today in 1935, Parker Brothers began marketing the board game Monopoly. Today in 1994, former President Ronald Reagan announced that he had Alzheimer's disease. Today in 2003, Gary Ridgway, known as the Green River Killer, pretty well known in, here in the Northwest, pleaded guilty to 48 counts of murder. And today in 2003, President George W. Bush signed a bill outlawing partial birth abortion. Less than an hour later, a federal judge in Nebraska issued a temporary restraining order against the man. In 2007, the U.S. Supreme Court upheld the Partial Birth Abortion Ban Act. I want to talk to you about a couple of things today. Uh, one, you're, you're going to be hearing, they were talking about it last night, it's going to be in the news, and I just want to give you a heads up about what this is about for those of you who care, and I think most of you do who are listening to this program. Special Counsel John Durham. Uh, remember they were talking about Dur- John Durham back two, three years ago, I mean, I, I don't know, forever, and these things over time just sort of, you know, evaporate basically in the mind of the public mind. And we move on to other things like, you know, getting up and going to work and, you know, keeping our job and paying our bills and that kind of thing. But anyway, this John Durham was 
was uh, uh, assigned the, the task of looking into this legally, into all this stuff about the Trump-Russia investigation, the Trump-Russia collusion and all that kind of thing. That was a big deal when they were trying to get rid of Trump and trying to really, I mean, literally get rid of him. So while Trump is gone and Biden is there, sort of, um, this investigation has been going on. And so now there's some stuff starting to come out. And I just want to take about two minutes and bring you up to speed on this because you're going to be hearing bits and pieces of this. And it won't be presented, um, I don't think, unbiasedly in the, in the press. I have no reason to think that it would be. But anyway, he is continuing his investigation. He is now starting to, John Durham, he's starting to indict people. And it's interesting the path that he's taking. Special Counsel John Durham's indictment of Igor Danchenko. And you may hear that that name on the news. Maybe you already have. He was on the news yesterday. Several news sources, CBS Radio mentioned him by name. You'll hear that name. Igor, it sounds like a a cheap novel, but that's his name, Igor Danchenko. But he's the principal source for the bogus steel dossier. Remember that one? Used by the FBI as the basis to promote this whole Trump-Russia collusion investigation. And this illustrates that Durham apparently has his sights really focused in his ongoing investigation on the Clinton campaign back in the Clinton-Trump campaign era. Danchenko has been charged, yeah, as of yesterday, with five counts of lying to the FBI in interviews during 2017, The Bureau has been struggling, I would say, in futility to verify these. They're really outlandish allegations that Donald Trump and his campaign were somehow, you know, some clandestine agents of the Kremlin. I mean, there were people saying that on committees. There were Democrats that were saying it, but they they were saying that Trump is actually working with Russia and all this kind of thing. Well, the allegations were compiled in this so-called Steele dossier which the FBI relied on in obtaining surveillance warrants for this secret federal court investigations that they were doing of Trump at the time. The dossier was generated, we now know, by the Clinton campaign, paid for. Its principal author was this former British spy, this Christopher Steele. That's why the news refers to it as the Steele dossier. Steele's main source was Danchenko. He's a Russian native. He's based in the United States. He worked at the Brookings Institution, which is often quoted by the left-wing news media in America. They're always talking about, well, the Russia, the Brookings Institution has found this or that or whatever. Don't take Brookings Institution too seriously, but they are a big deal. They're well, they're extremely well funded. But anyway, they're a Washington think tank. Their former president, this Strobe Talbot, he's uh, just, uh, I think he resigned or he's retired or whatever. But anyway, this Strobe Talbot was the main player through some of this from the Brookings Institute. He and Bill Clinton went to college together. They're good buddies. He worked at the Clinton State Department when Clinton, Bill Clinton was president. It appears from everything that I can see and others are saying this as well, that Durham is theorizing that the Trump-Russia collusion narrative was a political attack manufactured by the Clinton campaign, relying on Danchenko 
Steele compiled the reports from Glenn Simpson, the co-founder of this intelligence firm, uh, Fusion GPS, which you may remember that name. It was in the news a lot. And they specialize in digging up political dirt Well, on people's uh, opponents. And politicians do this all the time. So Fusion GPS has retained, was retained for the Trump project by this Perkins Coy, who is a, a big-time law firm, and the Clinton campaign's law firm at the time. And so they paid the firm, the law firm paid GPS Fusion to do all this. And all of this is starting to come out. It isn't just to sort of try to justify Trump, who said, I'm not colluding with Russia. I, I don't even talk to Russia. Not just to um, set the record straight on that, although this will. But there are people that are going to be indicted for, like, lying to the FBI, lying under oath, and so on. And if some of the brightest minds are saying, and I think they hope that this happens, they're saying that if Durham follows this through, he's going to end up at the front door of Hillary Clinton because she was involved in this to her eyeballs, as they say. So we'll see what happens. But I I just wanted to bring you up to date on that. Hillary's probably not laughing as loudly today as she might have been a couple of weeks ago because the path is very, very clear. It leads to her door. Would they indict her? I don't. I mean, I'd be surprised, honestly, but they should. She will be accused at some point of wrongdoing. I, I mean, it'll be ver- verified. So when you hear all, you'll hear you'll hear uh, little bits and pieces about this on the news. So now you know kind of what it's about. So much going on in our world. It's so shady. It's so nuanced. It's so misleading uh, and intended to be so by the news media. That's why we take these moments every day to try to sort out and give to the best of our ability a clear, more just a simplified version of what's really going on in the culture because it's very difficult for God's people to be light and salt in the culture if we don't know what's going on in the culture or if we just hear from the media, the so-called news media, they don't tell the story correctly. All of the news media is biased. In my lifetime, I've seen them go from pretending to be biased and just reporting the news. And we learned later that some of the guys, Walter Cronkite and some of those guys were extremely far left. But it didn't bleed through in their news reporting as it does now. News reporting now is just, I mean, it's really just more of an agenda to promote the far left progressive agenda. So in order to sort it out and know what's going on in our culture, we've got to take an honest look at it. And in order to be effective as what God has called us to do, and that is he's Jesus said, you are light and salt. I mean, not like he wasn't saying become that he said you are. So by virtue of our salvation and our relationship with Jesus Christ, we are to be, And we are salt and light in the culture, and we must be informed. And that's why we do what we do each day here to the best of our ability. And we are able to do so because you support us. And I have, and I will not make long speeches about fundraising and about how much we need money and all that kind of thing on this program. I haven't done that 
in the several years since we started this, and, and we won't do it now, but I would just to say we need your support. If you've been listening for a long time and you haven't supported us but you feel this is worthwhile, this would be a great time for you to step up and help us. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website, faithandfreedom, faithandfreedom.us, and you can contribute there. There's a little tab at the top of the page that will come up. It says Donate. And you'll see my name on faith. A lot of faith and freedoms out there today. I mean, a lot of them. And they've, there were, there was one when we started. It was local in Texas. wasn't even a national effort. But now there's a whole bunch of them. So faithandfreedom.us. If you don't see my name on it, the, on the page, it probably isn't our website because you've not done the .us. Not .com, but .us. I, we hear this all the time. People say, well, I went on your website and it didn't look like it was yours. Well, it wasn't uh, because so many of them are using that phrase. We thought it was great back in, I think it was 2003. And so um, other people have, I don't know where they've seen that phrase, maybe on our website. I don't know, but they're using it now. So anyway, faithandfreedom.us. Enough said, but thank you in advance. We do need your support. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. So above all things that I have to say today, I would say, fear thou not, or don't be afraid. God is with you, and God is in control. He is always in control. The White House reversed itself yesterday again. This comment, President Joe Biden said very forcefully, as forcefully as he can say things, he said the other day that that he is not, not, fist on his little lectern, he said he is not going to be giving People who were separated, illegal aliens who were separated from their their family was separated under the Trump administration. That was just during the year of 2019. He is not going to be giving them $450,000 per person in those families. Well, a firestorm broke out behind his back in his own administration, in the White House, no less, and elsewhere. White House Deputy Secretary, this Karen or Corrine, I think her name's Corrine, Jean Pierre, she's um, she, she was quick to take the microphone and she said, well, she said, President Biden actually is perfectly comfortable with the idea, despite his comment on Wednesday. She said this yesterday. She said he had said it's not going to happen, but she said it is, and he's fully versed, and he is... Um, he is all in on it. He's fine with it. I mean, have you ever seen a president of the United States who stands up and says something, and then a secretary comes up and says, well, he didn't really mean that. I mean, here's what we're really going to do. I mean, the, he, he is not in charge, and I, I don't need to make that point. I think everybody knows that. But it's amazing how this thing is rolling, and no wonder people are turning, even Democrats, are turning away from their own party. But what they're trying to do now 
is each border crosser who was separated from their family, they're going to be giving them, and, and they say it's a done deal. The ACLU filed the lawsuit. They were all they all discussed this before they did it. So now they're moving forward with it, and each me- uh, family member is going to get four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And a family unit can get up to a million dollars in reparation from the United States because their family was separated when they were illegally coming into the United States. Boy, process that for a moment. The payouts to the border crossers will be a massive win for these pro-mass immigration groups, open borders. George Soros has got to be laughing and drinking champagne or whatever he does. I don't know. But I mean... It's amazing. They're securing a settlement that would exceed the compensation that was rewarded to the victims of 9-11, our own people, citizens. They're receiving a settlement that is greater than those that were injured in the Boston Marathon bombings. No wonder people in America are sick and tired of this administration, and they are. Analysis by the Federation for American Immigration Reform, it's it's an acronym, FAIR, but it's an organization that just calculates these kind of things. They said that with the money potentially going to the border crossers, illegal border crossers, the federal government could feed thousands of poor American families, house tens of thousands of homeless Americans, and forgive the student loan debt of nearly 30,000 American college students and graduates. I'm not for a moment suggesting any of that. I mean, it's all great, but they're just saying this could happen. But this is going to people, and it's it's rewarding them for illegally entering the United States. If I didn't know this was true, I wouldn't believe it. But it is true, and they're moving forward on it. And when Joe Biden said, President Biden said this week, he said, no, no, we're not going to do that. That's not going to happen. I mean, his staff immediately grabbed the camera and a microphone and said, yeah, it's going to happen. He's fine with it. Just don't pay attention to what the president said. We're, we're doing this. And they are. It's moving forward. It's an amazing time to live. Yesterday, the Biden administration warned America that OSHA has issued an emergency temporary standard, an ETS, which imposes vaccine and testing requirements on private businesses with over 100 employees. And if you don't comply, the fines are staggering. They're up to $136,532 specifically to enforce government-mandated compliance, a la get your shot. The president says this goes into effect January 4 because he doesn't want the enforcement happening over Christmas. So Happy New Year! Get a shot or we're going to fine you big time. It's amazing. President Biden's administration says there will be, quote, a planned inspections and heavy fines up to the 136,532 to ensure businesses comply with the new coronavirus vaccine mandate set to take effect January 4. Senior Biden officials, again, they're clarifying what the president really is going to do, but they're affirming this. They told reporters yesterday that their planned enforcement measures prior to leveling an Occupational Safety and Public Health Administration requirement for businesses with over 100 employees 
get them vaccinated for the virus or test unvaccinated employees weekly and require them to wear masks. And I'm reading in some places that the, the employees are going to have to pay, in at least in some cases, if not all, pay for their weekly tests. Employers face a standard penalty of $14,000 per violation, which could escalate to the 136, 532 that I mentioned a couple of minutes ago. The Biden official said, for example, he said, if we identify that an employer is willfully violating a standard, then that penalty is significantly higher than a workplace that is not willfully doing so. Apparently, the government will discern the motives of each business owner. They don't care that God says only God knows our heart. Our hearts are are deceptive. And only God knows our heart. We don't even know our own heart. But they're going to discern. If you are a business owner with over 100 employees, they're on your front door. And they're going to discern what your motives are regarding forcing your employees to take a shot. The official said the bottom line is vaccination requirements work. And the actions we're taking will lead to millions of Americans getting vaccinated and help accelerate our path out of this pandemic. Well, slave labor works as well. So does China's communism. It works for those at the top. And Singapore's flogging. All these things work. Pol Pot's dictatorship worked for him. But does it make it right if something works, quote-unquote? That's where the progressives and the conservatives, and particularly biblical Christians, are worlds apart. I'm not advocating for or against getting vaccinated. I've said that before on this program. I think that's a personal matter between you and God, for those of us who are believers. I am strongly advocating that people have a right to choose whether they get shots or not. And the government was not created in this country in order to tell us what we're going to do medically. That's my problem with this, and I am very passionate about that. Back off, government. Why is the right to choose sacred to the left regarding abortion, but it's dismissed and penalized regarding a stinking shot? The New Testament talks about this kind of thinking. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. James wrote that, chapter 1, verse 8. A good part of the instability that Americans and the world sense in the United States leadership today, and they're laughing at us. And that's okay, we'll get through this, but we are Americans first, under God. But they're laughing at us, but this is the result of progressivism. It's rooted in relativism rather than absolute truth. So-called progressives have no absolutes. Many of them embrace the Bible, Kabbalah Harris, Joe Biden, and all these guys as long as they can twist and bend scripture to support their agenda. And then they accuse the conservatives of doing that. It's amazing. But they never forge they never forge their agenda based on the truth. They forge the Bible to support their progressive agenda. This should not be a foreign concept to our US leader. Our founders openly looked to God's word when they were drafting the founding documents, when they were creating our legal system, even when they set up our three branches of government. They were looking at biblical truth because they knew that that, above all things, stands. 
People come, people go. They wither as the grass. Should not be a foreign concept at all. On July 23rd, during a bre- uh, uh, this last summer, during a press briefing, a reporter asked White House Secretary Jen Psaki, she said if she, be- if she believed the government should step in and issue mandates related to the shots. At the time, she dismissed the idea. She's a very cynical person, as you've probably seen. She said, well, I think the question here, one, that it's not the role of the federal government. That is the role that the institutions, private sector entities, and others may take, blah, blah, blah. She dismissed the whole idea that the government should take on the role of forcing private businesses to mandate coronavirus vaccines because that was expedient at the moment. Yet months later, Biden did just that. During a divisive speech in September, the president scolded the unvaccinated while announcing his decision to instruct the U.S. Labor Department of Labor to develop a rule forcing private businesses, that was OSHA, within uh, for businesses with over 100 employees to mandate the vaccine. He did what she said he didn't believe in. So now here we are. So they have now done that, and now January 4, it goes into effect. All for the greater good. President Biden, in that speech, just a couple of months ago, he said, and I'm quoting him, we've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us. Does that sound like freedom and liberty for all? I don't think so. Continuing, he said, I'm quoting his words, the President of the United States, this is not about freedom or personal choice. If it isn't about freedom or personal choice, it would be because God-given freedom and personal choice have been usurped by double-minded administration who are like a like a boat in the in the sea in the wind without a rudder. They don't have any fixed values. Their values change and evolve, as they say. And then there's this from the president: the bottom line, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. You talk about dividing America. Beginning January 4, this new rule goes into effect. Those businesses that will be inspected first are those whose employees have complained. Yeah, there's a provision. If your employees, if you have 101 employees or more, and your employees, you have some disgruntled employees, and believe me, you do, and you know it if you have that many in your company. If they don't like you, they can go to the government now and complain, and you're going to pay the penalty, and the government will be with them and against you. That's what these people do. They optimize every crisis as an opportunity to advance their agenda. An elderly Thomas Jefferson once wrote, I quote him, It is not by the consolidation or concentration of powers, but by their distribution that good government is affected. And as he looked back on the nation that he had helped to birth, he had never blinked on the issue of limited government, nor should we. He said a single step beyond the boundaries thus specially drawn around the powers of Congress is to take possession of a boundless field of power no longer susceptible to any definition. Across that boundary, I would say, tyranny lies in wait. And we have approached the threshold of tyranny. But I believe in my heart that I see a turning, an awakening, a change in America. I pray that's so. 
Thank you so much for being with me today. Always a pleasure to spend these few moments with you, and thank you for your support. Have a great weekend. I'll see you right here on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.